KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The Winter Olympics are here, being held in Beijing, China. Now, many countries, including the U.S., have instituted a diplomatic boycott for the Games. The athletes are still going, but the high-level politicians and diplomats won't in protest of China's human rights abuses. Now, China is a country with no free press. Dissent is cracked down upon, and that could create problems for athletes from the U.S. and other countries that maybe try to speak up or take political stances. We wanted to talk about the pitfalls of this situation and what it could mean. So we caught up with Dr. Jonathan Howe and Dr. Elizabeth Taylor, assistant professors at Temple University School of Sport, Tourism, and Hospitality Management. So Jonathan, I will start with you, the Olympics in Beijing, in China. How much pressure are athletes going to be under to kind of say the right thing, not make controversy? I mean, there's always, you know, kind of a level of that, but in a place where like China it seems to be able to be ratcheted up uh, to a different level. Yeah, they're under immense pressure to say the right thing, to act the right way uh, while they are representing not only themselves, but representing their country, right? And so oftentimes athletes are under immense pressure to say the right thing or do the right thing from an individual perspective and while they're in their home country um, and playing their sport. But when you go abroad and you wear USA across your chest, um, you're not only representing yourself, but you're representing your country. And in that sense, you're also bringing in politics and the diplomacy side of things as well. And so when we think about where the Olympics are this year and the controversies that are surrounding those with diplomatic boycotts, with human rights issues um, and so forth, uh, athletes are, are going to be calculated with the things that they say. They're going to be calculated with the moves that they make, um, even with potential you know, boycotts of the opening and closing ceremonies. And you're going to see athletes sort of be quiet about some of these things, but probably speak about them once they are back within their home country here in the U.S. Jonathan mentioned the the idea of a diplomatic boycott, Elizabeth, and the U.S. obviously is a diplomatic boycott of these games to protest China's human rights. Several other countries have followed. Does that really kind of complicate things for the athletes not having I don't know, lack of a better term, kind of a diplomatic backstop there? Yeah, that's a really great question. And and I think it does because I think, um, you know, and, and this is something that Jonathan and I have talked about before. Um, typically, the Olympics is a really uniting factor for athletes within their country, whether we're talking about local, state, national level. And so thinking right now um, about the potential support that athletes have as they um, travel to China as they compete and and as they represent their country, um, this really complicates things for them and puts even more pressure on them um, outside of of their performance. Thinking about the way in which they're being um, viewed by fans, the way in which they're being viewed by those in um, the political community, and so on and so forth. Jonathan, do you think there are athletes, or do you, I should say? Do you think there are a lot of athletes that maybe are training themselves to deal with the media uh, in addition to training for their events and maybe not having a media coach or something, but at least maybe talking to people about how they should talk about things, parse things, what they should stay away from? 
Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, especially some of the bigger name athletes, potentially. Um, I think that there's someone within their corner who is probably advising them of, of things to look out for, things to potentially say. But I would imagine as well as the USOC and uh, other individuals who are deeply uh, invested in this performance are probably coaching them up on what to avoid and what to answer. Um, also, if you feel comfortable sharing you know, a message or two, be careful about what you may say, because that could potentially be construed um, in a negative way. And especially going back to your first question, thinking about where it's at and the potential risk that comes along with saying something that may be interpreted in the wrong way. To that point, Elizabeth, though, even if you say no comment or say, I'm not going to talk about that, isn't not commenting a way of commenting and it's a political statement in its own if you're asked about a certain situation? And isn't that going to uh, inflame people that are for the cause that's being talked about if you try your best to stay neutral? It seems like it's kind of a no win if you get into a really politically charged situation. You're absolutely right. It is at this point a no win situation for these athletes because whatever they say, whether they speak out, whether they say no comment, there's going to be someone who's upset with what they're saying or their lack of comment. And so thinking about um, how much time they're likely spending prepping for these likely questions and um, the spaces where they are potentially going to, or maybe not going to try to avoid these types of interactions is something that's just an added stress and something that is just an added um, thought and plan for these athletes as, uh, again, as they travel right to Beijing, as they travel to and from practice and competition, um, as they sit in press conferences before and after competition, before and after practice. Um, so, you know, we're seeing more and more athletes using their platform um, and, and we really saw it at the um, the latest Summer Olympics with Simone Biles. However, um, there is always going to be scrutiny of these athletes. Again, we hear a lot um, of rhetoric around how athletes should stay out of politics, how they should shut up and dribble and, you know, all the commentary that's that's been around with it. But also when athletes don't speak out, we hear a lot of outrage about how they're not using their platform, how they're not, you know, using their following and, and that sort of thing. So like you said, they're really in a no-win situation um, with these sorts of topics. And to be fair, and you're absolutely right, where people say stay out of politics and all, I think there's a dot, 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 unless it's a take I agree with, in which case, feel free to speak out. We only get, as a society, only get upset when people go on the political platform and say something that we're against. Uh, Jonathan, I'm curious. We talk about kind of the downside and you better watch what you say. How, what should the level of concern be about saying the wrong thing in China from a, what should you be worried about? And I don't know, this is outside your, you know, I think it's one thing to get blasted on Twitter for saying the wrong thing. It's obviously a very another thing to having a knock on a hotel door from somebody says they're from the government and you don't know what's going on. Like, and I'm not trying to exaggerate here, but how worried should uh, athletes be of if they say something that the wrong person doesn't really like? Yeah. I, I mean, very concerned because also the response from the, the Chinese government has been sort of ambiguous about that. There will be some, 
punishment or consequence. And we don't know what that may be, right? We know the reason why there are diplomatic boycotts because of human rights issues. And so we know that there is a concern from that perspective. And so if I'm an athlete, what's going through my head is, oh, well, can I end up in a situation like that? Um, Because I'm in another country, I don't have the same freedoms that I may be able to have uh, that I do in the United States. Um, And now it's not only also what you say publicly, um, athletes have been warned to take burner phones to, to China because of fear of them tampering with uh, your communication and uh, spying on you and, and doing, you know, things that we may not consider to be right here in the U S. And so I think that there's a concern from all um, areas, not only from a public, you know, communication standpoint, but also what you're doing, where you're going, because yeah, if you get that knock on the door, it could be, you know, a scary sight and something that you're not able to easily get your way out of, right? If we're getting caught up in a situation here in the States, whether you say something bad, you can get an argument on Twitter and maybe that's the end of it, right? Or you could talk your way out of it, but in a situation where you have no control, um, that's a very scary situation to be in. And just to follow up, Elizabeth, is that heightened going back to the idea of the diplomatic boycott that maybe a lot of the, and I'm looking at this through the lens of the U.S., but really for any country that's not sending the normal contingent of diplomats, that maybe some of the guardrails that could kind of smooth out the edges for something, if it were to happen, maybe aren't going to be in place and there's going to be more of these athletes are kind of on an island? Absolutely. So thinking about the folks who we usually send over there who could um, potentially serve as protections, a lot of them aren't going. Um, And so thinking about who is traveling with the athletes, who's traveling to represent the U.S., um, and what sorts of safety measures are in place to protect the athletes as they participate in press conferences as they answer these questions, as they are um, attempting to have conversations with folks back home. Um, A lot of that is in question as to who could step up and and protect them if someone should come knocking or someone should raise questions. Um, And so I think like Jonathan said, that, that there is the potential for very scary things to happen if they say the wrong thing, if they say the wrong thing in the presence of the wrong person. Um, and and so on and so forth. Again, a lot of the freedoms that we have here um, may not be uh, the same freedoms that they have when they are over um, at the Olympic Village or um, that sort of thing. So again, they'll have to be very careful about who they're interacting with, what they're saying, and and um, maybe just the overall message of their behavior while they're there competing. Jonathan, I'm curious, and I think, at least in my head, I've kind of framed this discussion of athletes from the U.S. and and other countries speaking out against problems with China. Do you think there should be the same level? Because I would fully expect U.S. athletes to speak out against the U.S. government as well, upset about the, the lack of racial justice in this country, other things we're seeing. Could we see, I guess, would you... Would there be the same level of concern of of China kind of clamping down if a U.S. athlete is ripping the U.S. government? Because would they not care about that? Or I heard, I can't remember where, but another person talk about that. China wouldn't like the idea of anybody speaking out against any government because then they might think it might open the door for to make it easier for somebody to speak against the Chinese government. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I, th- I think it could be a little bit of both, right? Because uh, on one hand, uh, it's easy to call out sort of hypocrisy, right? Um, if you want to say, if you're the Chinese government, right? If you say, oh, well, things aren't, you know, 100% okay in your country regarding social issues, uh, potential human rights issues. So what gives you the right to come to our country uh, and try to point fingers at us? Um On the other hand, though, it does sort of open up the door for potential critique from other athletes um, who may not be representing the U.S. or who may be within the U.S. uh, as well. But I also think there's a third sort of lane to think about if athletes are speaking out against their home countries, too, because that could then allow China to uh, sort of strengthen what their approach. Right. And they're trying to you know, rise as the world power. And so they can say, hey, look at us, look at what we're doing. We're controlling what you're seeing. We're not allowing people to go into certain areas of our country to see the bad things, but let us display all of the good that we have going on here. And sure, talk bad about your countries because that makes us look better. And so I think there's three sort of avenues that, you know, are, are I guess, frames of mind that the Chinese government could have when it comes to athletes speaking out. All this being said, and we've kind of raised all these concerns in these situations, Elizabeth, do you still expect athletes to to say what they're going to say, be it on the on the podium to a reporter, you know, interviews on the side, whatever? Do you do you still think there will be a segment of athletes from the U.S. and other places that will that will speak out? I absolutely do. I think um, we have been seeing an increase over the last several years um, of athletes speaking out about um, all sorts of topics. I know you mentioned a couple related to racial justice, thinking about these issues right now in China, human rights issues, um, issues related to mental well-being, mental health, like we saw Simone Biles speak out on um, at the last Olympics. And so I think that athletes are really starting to understand their power and their influence, um, both within the U.S. and around the world. Um, And so I think a lot more athletes are becoming comfortable using their platform, whether it is posting something on social media, whether it is speaking out at a press conference, um, you know, whether it is having those conversations behind closed doors or out in the public. Um, I think we've really seen athletes embrace the power and the platform that they have and, and understand um, the, the position that they're in and, and sometimes kind of accept that challenge of speaking out about, um, complicated topics, uh, difficult topics, controversial topics, because, um, they're in those positions of, of privilege in, in this space and, um, they're afforded those opportunities. So I absolutely, um, think that there will be a contingent of athletes um, and maybe it will be once they get back. Maybe it will be after the games once they're back um, on on U.S. soil. Um, maybe it will only be over social media. Maybe it won't be in press conferences. You know, it will likely look different for for each athlete. But I I absolutely believe that we will see um, athletes using their platform and and um, speaking out about injustice of of all kinds. Same question to you, Jonathan. Do you still, despite our discussion, do you think we'll we'll see athletes speaking out? Absolutely. I, I think it it just comes down to what risk are you willing to take? Um, and you know, as uh, Liz just just spoke about, right? Um, athletes are becoming more empowered to speak out, and they are taking more risk. Um, and granted, that may be from a U.S. perspective. 
right? Where you, you may, your risk may be potential financial loss or potential popularity loss, as opposed to potential life-threatening risk uh, or anything of that nature. But athletes are feeling more empowered to speak out about things that they are passionate about. And so I, I don't think that for all athletes that that risk is too much to bear. And so I think that you will see um, athletes speaking out, but I think that they will also be doing it in calculated ways. Um, and so, as mentioned before, I know that there are rumblings of opening and closing ceremony boycotts, but athletes not really speaking out as to why they are boycotting until they're back in the U.S. Um, and so I think you may see something like that as some displays of protest, but not necessarily voicing uh, that while they're in China uh, at the moment. But absolutely, I do believe that you'll still see athletes speaking out against some of these issues. Elizabeth, should there be more thought given into when these games are given to an area about the type of government that is being kind of allowed to be showcased here? You know, China is obviously, as Jonathan said, a rising power and a huge economic, but, you know, the human rights problems are well documented. They, any dissent is crushed, stuff like that. Uh, but here isn't just by having the Olympics here, the world's kind of saying, yeah, that sucks, but you know, it's not enough for us to say you can't host this. Yeah. I think exactly what you're speaking about are issues that we continue to see with governing bodies like the IOC and the way in which they award, um, Olympic games and, and competitions. So we know that there is so much corruption in the decision-making process and, um, so much influence for things like money. Um, and so I think a lot of times we, um, as a society, overlook all sorts of injustices because we love to watch sport because the Olympics is such a uniting competition. Um, we love to, to see our athletes win. We love to see our athletes succeed. Um, but the, the overall issue is the way in which the, the games are awarded to places in, um, in a very unethical manner. And, and oftentimes these types of injustices are overlooked for, for money, um, for ease of decision-making. And, and we see it with other um, sport governing organizations as well. It's not just something that we see with the IOC, but it is a really big issue, um, thinking not just about the hosting of the games, but then everything that happens afterward, right? So are we spending millions and millions of dollars to build arenas and hotels and dormitories for the athletes that are just going to sit vacant post games when there is poverty in the area or when there um, are these types of human rights issues that are are being overlooked. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think we as a society overlook a lot of this because we do love to watch sport and especially the Olympic Games that it just is something that's so powerful um, and, and that many folks are, are willing to forget about for you know, a month-long period um, until the end of competition. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.